0: only to end up feeling more anxious than when you started? Do you often log in with a specific purpose, only to forget what it was and mindlessly start to scroll? Do you sometimes feel responsible for responding to private messages as soon as you get an alert that you have one? At no point in human history have we ever been exposed to as much sensory information input as we are today, and a huge part of that is social media. Hello, yoga teacher. As wonderful as social media can be for staying connected with people who are far away, learning things, and staying aware of trends and cultural changes, there are definitely some major drawbacks as well. In this episode, I'm going to talk about our relationships to social media in the context of the yogic practice of Pratyahara. I'll talk about the importance of concentration and deep work. I'll explore the idea of whether or not yoga teachers need to use social media and what it means to opt out of social media, and also if we do decide that we want to be in this relationship with social media, some strategies for managing that relationship and how to maintain balance in the face of this technology that really acts as the same as an addictive substance would act. Let's start with diving into why social media is so problematic for so many people. The first thing is something I alluded to already. It's designed to be addictive. It taps into our dopamine loop. The algorithm tries to predict what type of content is going to keep us on the app, and our desire for the feedback loop of likes and comments and shares keeps us logging in to see, ooh, has someone responded? What are they saying? If I keep scrolling just through the next section, I know there's going to be something really interesting, something that I just don't want to miss. So it kind of taps into both FOMO and the need for recognition. Now, what we see on social media and who sees our posts is determined by a set of logical commands that we call the algorithm. And the algorithm really favors engagement. It favors content that people want to like, share, or comment on, which there's nothing wrong with that. But it does end up favoring content that is either controversial, that triggers people, or is kind of shallow and easy to engage with without a lot of thought. Social media has also been criticized for being a place where everybody shows the best side of themselves and causing a lot of comparison that isn't really accurate. So we're comparing the worst of ourselves to the best of others. And this false comparison leads for many people to anxiety, One example of how this happens within the context of being a yoga teacher is that many yoga teachers struggle to get very much action or response on the content that they put out on social media. But because of the way the algorithm works, the content you see is from people who are successfully working with the algorithm and getting more response. So when you compare yourself and the posts you put out there to the posts of the colleagues that you are seeing you are likely to measure yourself as not being as successful but what you're not seeing is all the colleagues all the other yoga teachers out there who are getting less responses on their social media than you are and the truth is that action and activity on your social media posts doesn't necessarily lead to more people in your classes. So it's not an accurate measure of success. So when I work with yoga teachers on their social media strategy, we have different goals and intentions in mind for the type of content that I want them to create and the way that I want them to engage on social media. It's deeper and it's more personal and it may not get as much response as from a numbers perspective, but it may be much more effective at creating a sustainable business. In addition to all of those challenges and problems I've already mentioned, that same feedback loop, that dopamine feedback loop, and the way the algorithm is structured tends to create consumers versus creators. Meaning that when you log into social media, the goal of the algorithm is to keep you scrolling, not to keep you posting. And that's a really big difference because when you scroll and just respond and react to other people's content, that really makes you a consumer and a consumer is a follower and not a leader. I really believe that the potential benefit of social media is only tapped into when you can show up as a leader on those platforms. So while you may need to consume a certain amount of content just to keep up with the trends and be aware of what other people are doing, it's important to get the ratio of how much you're consuming versus how much you're creating more on the creator side than the consumer side. And finally, the one other problematic angle of social media, and I don't really have a solution to this one, is that whenever a piece of software or a product is free, it means that you and your data are the product. Now, a lot of people are very concerned with privacy issues around social media to the point that I know people who aren't on it at all because of privacy concerns. And the truth is that Your personal data is not as interesting or important to businesses as aggregated data. So what they really want to see is your patterns compared to other people's patterns and how your patterns are the same as some people and different from other people. So I don't think that there's somebody behind a screen intending to use your personal data in a nefarious way to harm you or harm your family. They really want to use your data to make money. So they'll use your data to serve you ads that they think you're going to act on. Because the more that you purchase something from an ad, the more that advertiser is going to keep spending money on advertising on that platform. There are definitely scammers out there, so that is something to be aware of, but the platforms themselves are problematic more in the way that any type of unfettered capitalism can be problematic, not so much from a personal privacy standpoint. So again, This is something to be aware of. It's a dynamic that you want to be conscious of when you choose to engage with social media. It's not something that you can do a lot about. One example of this dynamic is how if you are a free user of a social media platform, it's very difficult to get any kind of tech support about it. On the other hand, if you end up paying for ads on that platform, all of a sudden the power dynamics have shifted and you can get tech support around your ads because you're no longer the product at that point. Okay. So with all of those drawbacks and issues with social media, should we be using it at all? And the answer is, I really don't know. I don't believe that you have to use social media to be successful as a yoga teacher. There are other ways to get the word out about what you offer. For example, podcasting, just like this podcast, is a great way for me to spread the word about my work. Social search engines such as Pinterest and YouTube have some of the same issues and problems as social media. You're much more likely to focus on being a creator on those platforms than a consumer. And now that so many people are focused on social media, it has really opened up space in some of the old-fashioned forms of marketing, like flyers, newspaper ads, printed newsletters. And then, of course, my personal favorite, which is networking and strategic partnerships. Basically, leveraging the power of relationships and personal connections to meet the right people and get in front of new audiences, get in front of groups of people who are already gathered together, already connected, and really need what you offer. So, you do not have to be on social media in order to be successful as a yoga teacher. I know that it can be easy to think because everybody else is on there that you need to be there too. But the truth is, it's the very fact that so many people are trying to build their business on social media that opens up these areas of opportunity where other yoga teachers are missing out. So although you do not need to be on social media, if you use social media the right way strategically, it will help you grow faster than if you're just doing these other forms of marketing And what I mean by this is social media can amplify a message that's already working. It is very difficult these days to grow exclusively on social media. It's kind of like the whole myth of walking down the street and becoming discovered as a model. You only see the people who've done it successfully, but you don't see the hundreds of thousands or millions of people who kind of imagined that it would happen and it never did. However, if you have another place to send people, a place where you go deeper than what is possible on social media, then social media is a perfect place to meet people and to funnel them towards your deeper form of content. It's also a really helpful tool for building trust and deepening connection with people who already follow you. For example, with this podcast, you hear the sound of my voice, but you don't see my face. On social media, I put out a lot of videos, and that allows regular podcast listeners to take that next step of feeling more connected to me and to trust me even more. So there are some good reasons that social media can be useful, And what I want to encourage is that if you choose to engage with social media, if you choose to use it as a tool, that you be aware of these patterns and rhythms, and you make the intention to use it as the tool that it can be and minimize the amount that you are the product. The way to do this is to buck the trends, go deep and focus on personal connections over numbers, likes, comments, shares. Use social media like a real person, but a savvy person. So how do we do this? Well, I like to turn to the teachings of yoga, and they have a lot to say that's applicable to our relationship with social media. Specifically, if we look at the system of the eight limbs, there is this progression leading inward to a state of focused concentration and then eventually into an understanding of a deeper truth. So social media is almost the opposite. It's like overwhelm, confusion, scatteredness. So perhaps as yoga teachers and practitioners, we can harness what we learned through the eight limb system of yoga and bring that into our interactions on social media and be in a healthier relationship with it. Here's some examples for how to do that. Be clear when you are using social media for your business versus your personal time. Don't let those merge into each other. Have clear boundaries between them. Make conscious choices about how much time you're going to spend on social media and on business versus personal. And finally, turn off all of those default notifications that the social media platforms want to grab your attention with, such as alerts, emails, those red bubbles telling you how many messages you have. Turn them all off and put yourself in the position of consciously deciding when you want to look at your messages, when you want to look at your posts, versus these strategies, these notification strategies that are designed to hijack your higher thinking functions, and get you into automatic action, automatically swiping up, opening these apps, and starting to scroll without even thinking about it. Let's go into each of these guidelines a little bit deeper. If you get on social media and you think to yourself, okay, I'll post some things for my business and engage a little for my business, and then I'll also combine that with some downtime scrolling chances are really high that you're going to do a ton of that scrolling. And in the long run, you can't measure how much time you actually spent doing social media for your business versus how much time you spent mindlessly consuming other people's content. If you use social media for your business, it's so important and so helpful to make a plan for exactly when, what, and how much you're going to post And how much you're going to engage with followers for your business. If you enjoy getting on social media and just scrolling for pleasure, separate that out from time working on your business and create some limits around that as well. Because we already know that social media was deliberately designed to be addictive. It's important to understand that this is always going to be an ongoing negotiation There are going to be times when you do a great job with your social media boundaries and other times where you realize you've gotten off track. So you want to put structures in place that bring awareness to where you are in the cycle and keep your intention for healthy boundaries top of mind. Some structures that might help include accountability partners, rhythms and rituals such as plugging your phone in at a certain place at night, and even usage monitoring apps, which now come standard on, I think, most devices. One of the most powerful things I've done for my own ability to focus and to be in a healthier relationship with social media is turn off every single notification. Now, this works for me because I have a rhythm of getting on the social media apps regularly, The notifications could be helpful if you are more of a late adapter and you don't struggle with being pulled into social media. I know some of you listening are like, not me. I don't get pulled in. I really hate it. I just don't enjoy it at all. And if that's the case, then you don't have to turn those notifications off because you do need reminders to log in. I'm talking about those of you who pick up your phone and hit the app and start scrolling before you've even realized what you're doing. You do not need another reminder. You do not need another reason to log in. So turn off every notification and trust that at least once a day, or maybe if you're in a healthier cycle, even just a few times a week, you're going to consciously log in. And I promise that anybody who truly wants to work with a yoga teacher and is truly committed to it is not going to have a problem if you waited a few days to get back to their dm because you were not on social media. I think they will respect that. They will not have a problem with it. As much as we recognize how important and how valuable yoga can be for people in their life, most other people are not thinking of yoga as an emergency. So you really do not have to be available 24 seven, just in case a potential client DMs you once a day is plenty. A few times a week is perfectly adequate. If that is the rhythm that works best for you. And if your relationship with social media is more in between where, you know, you don't want all those notifications, but you also do not know how to turn them off. Just hand your phone to somebody in your life who's more tech savvy and ask them to turn off all your social media notifications. You can definitely Google it as well for specific instructions, but if you know what you're doing, it's super easy. So if you have somebody like that in your life, just let them handle it. By turning off the notifications, you are reducing some of that sensory input and you are engaging in pratyahara which is this crossover limb that starts to move us from the more physical pranayama is the one right before it into this state of focus towards a state of sustained focus and then towards the ability to experience truth. Of course there's lots of other ways that you can practice this in your life but today we're primarily talking about social media. Then schedule a few times a week or once a day where you will log in and you will check your messages and engage. 10 minutes is plenty with anybody who has commented on your posts. And finally, I would recommend if you are creating content for social media, that you do that in larger chunks. So let's say in the beginning, maybe once a week, and eventually it could be once a month. You sit down with the intention to create useful content that will attract the right people to engage with you on social media. And then during the same moment of the day that you are checking your DMs and engaging with people, that's exactly when you would just post the content that you've already pre-created in a big batch. So instead of social media following you throughout your day, you create some boundaries around it, and in doing so, you reduce the amount of input into your mental space, and that leads you to an ability to focus more on what matters. And frankly, the things happening on social media, they matter, but they don't necessarily need to be addressed right now. So those are my current thoughts of how to have a healthy relationship with social media if you choose to use it to grow your business, to do so in a way that is in alignment with your intention to practice yoga and to practice the deeper and more subtle techniques that is really the essence of why the other techniques are there in the first place. And what will you do with your newfound extra time that you're not spending on social media? I hope that you will devote some of it to self-care, to going inward and monitoring your own nervous system, to get clear on what your physical, mental, emotional, all the different layers of yourself needs right now to bring you more towards balance and give yourself what you need. That's all for today, yoga teacher. Thank you so much for listening. If you're interested in this topic, come back next week where my guest and I dive in specifically to the platform of Instagram and rethinking our ideas and expectations about how to use Instagram. So if you want to Listen in on that. Check back next week for another episode of Knowledge, Techniques, and Inspiration.